Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Anybody else's heart like this wide open right now? Such a beautiful song, such a beautiful reminder of what happens when we connect with that space of the sacred that we all carry within us, that ultimately we all create around us. When we remember to breathe, to relax, to go within and listen for the voice of spirit that leads us to freedom freedom from conditions, freedom from fear, freedom from limitations. That's why this year our theme here at Unity of Fairfax is Breaking Free in 23. Who's with me? Anybody have, all right, all right. Anybody have a condition or a situation in your life, in your world, between your ears that seems to be limiting and you just want to be done with it? Of course, we all do. Well, maybe not all of us. I shouldn't shamelessly project. There may be some bodhisattvas sitting here going, yeah, I'm just chilling, just chilling. I'm going to help out. Who needs a hand? Could be any one of us. So breaking free, what does that mean? I I come back to January 1st, New Year's Day, or even a day before that, New Year's Eve. Many of us made our intentions for the New Year. Did anybody do that, set some goals, some some, uh, desires you wanted to bring into manifestation? Well, how do we do that? I mean, it's one thing to write it down. Good, that's, that's a great way, a, a reminder. It's one thing to remind ourselves this is something that I choose to be, have, or do in the new year. It's another thing to realize where are we starting from so we can get clear to where we want to go. And then it's another thing to figure out how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? I found a way of answering all those questions in the story of the prophet Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is a prophet in the Hebrew scriptures, which is important to Christians and Muslims as well. He is a central figure. And here's the thing you need to know about prophets. We talked a little bit about this in the metaphysical group today. Prophets were not universally welcome because they had a a job to do. And the job was to, be, was to speak on behalf of the divine, to speak on behalf of God. And their message was pretty simple. Obey God, do the right things, and you'll be blessed. Disobey God or do wrong things, eh, there's a consequence. It's not going to be pretty either. But always to hold the vision that the divine love that God is, is always present that whenever there's a consequence, ultimately the, goal, the, the, the reason for that consequence is for education, is for transformation. You know, as I, I shared with the metaphysical group today, that those consequences are kind of like tough love or disciplining. Those of you who have children know that sometimes you have to, there has to be a consequence. I told you not to do that, and you did it. So here's what happens. There's a consequence. And that happens on the individual level. It happens on the collective level. It's like that in our personal lives. We, we call that the law of cause and effect. You put something out, something comes back. Something out, something comes back. It's not a series of rewards and punishments we're talking about. 
ultimately, we're just talking about consequences. You know, you, you, you do healthy and appropriate things and you get to be healthy, generally speaking. You do a lot of things that are unhealthy, there's a consequence. You know, it's, it's not against you, it's not for you, it's just a law, it's just how the world works. So coming back to Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet in Judea, um, lots of problems, he called it out, and uh, eventually the temple fell, the Judeans were taken into exile into a foreign country, Babylon, I'm paraphrasing a lot of text. And uh, so along comes the prophet. His job is to give them hope. You know, so, you know, depending on what the message is appropriate, that's the one the prophet's going to give. So he's there to give them hope. And he, he tells them, hey, let's, let's, here's the, there's good news and there's news. The news is, you know, you're going to be here a while. So make peace with the facts as they are. This is just going to be your place. In life, when we want to break free from something, we have to realize, where are we starting? And so he's saying, you're starting in Babylon at this point. You'll get back, but just here it is. Just accept where it is. Um, so again, in our personal lives, in our goals, where are we starting from? What are we breaking free from? What are the conditions? Let's be sure to identify what those are. The second thing was a line that really resonated with me, and I love this line. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Perhaps you've been in a place somewhere in your life, or maybe you're there today, where a reminder such as this comes in really handy a word of encouragement. When there, there is a reminder, there is a plan at work for you. The question is, what is this plan? Well, in New Thought Metaphysics, what we would say as we talk about God's will, the will of the divine, we, we, we put it very succinctly. God's plan for you, God's will for you is absolute good. Absolute good in every conceivable way of being. Now, the details are up to us. The details are up to us. And how do we manifest those details is a function of how we live our lives. What do we think? What do we believe? What do we do? How are we living our lives? Are we living our lives from a point of view of seeking to be the best we can be, to become aware of our thoughts and our behaviors and our attitudes, to, as we might say from a psychological point of view, integrate our shadow elements? Do we want to understand what our uh, addictive thoughts or even addictive behaviors are and transform and transmute them into something more constructive? Do we know what our personal strengths are, and do we find ways to utilize and develop those? Do we recognize that if we want to get somewhere in our life, that there might be some, some new attitudes or some beliefs or skills we need to acquire, that sort of stuff? So really, whenever we come together in a unity setting, a significant portion of what's going on is a, a commitment, a commitment to self-awareness to understanding where, what our life situation is around us. Are we in Babylon or are we in Oakton? Sometimes it's hard to tell, especially when you look at the price of the gas station over there. And what's our, 
where are we starting internally? Who are we? And the process of self-discovery is a lifetime work. So how do we get to a, so when we get our goals and our plans, there are really two ways that that comes about. One of the most common ways that we teach in Unity and New Thought is the process of visualization. Anybody familiar with that? Get an image of your mind of something you want to be, something you want to have, something you want to do, and go for it. Um, there's any number of ways you can, you can go for it. You can make a treasure map. You can get a skill. You can go back to school, any number of things. But here, here's something about visualization that I think it's central for us to know and to understand. Very often, probably most of the time, something we visualize that we might want to be, have, or do for ourselves comes to us from the outside. Oh, we see that bright new shiny car. I want one of those. Or we see somebody in a, in a wonderful loving relationship. Oh, I want that. Or we see somebody who seems to have superpowers, and we think to ourselves, oh, I want that. We are looking around out here and then imagining that for ourselves. There's everything right about that. Nothing wrong with that. And we, we think, too, about uh, how athletes are often coached. Visualize yourself making every free throw. Visualize yourself being the first one across the tape. This is really important stuff. And it highlights our capacity to use our minds in manifestation of our goals, which is interesting. That's part of our theology. And we say that because we understand that our capacity to think and our capacity to understand our thought process is a divine gift that we want to help people understand. We want to understand where do our thoughts come from? Where do our feelings come from? Where do our desires and intentions come from? And quite often, our goals, our desires, our intentions come to us from outside, from the world. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Why, as a matter of fact, I'm desiring that bright new shiny car, or actually my own. I don't want to covet somebody else's car. It's, it's very... There's nothing wrong with that, so I, don't want to, I just want to say that. Visioning is a little bit different story. Now, today we are beginning a series of talks and a Thursday night class inspired by the book Life Visioning by Reverend Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. This book came out, in, I think, in the 90s. And Dr. B uh, Reverend Beckwith highlights there the difference between two ways of demonstrating our good. Visualization, as I've just talked about, and visioning. Very simply, visioning is when our desire and our goal and our intention emanates and begins from within us <laughs> rather than externally. Visioning takes, or could take, a little while longer to get clarity than visualization. Because I can see out there a million and a half things for me to be, have, and do. Visioning is a process and a practice of connecting with this truth of our being, the Christ spirit within, 
the divine within, whatever you want to call it, and discerning what does it want for us? What am I called to be? What am I called to do? What am I called to have? Rather than what do I want to be, have, and do? Because I see somebody else out here doing it. You see the difference? It's a very bit different process. So sometimes, you know, you might phrase it this way. Imagination is to visualizing or visualization as intuition is to visioning. Now, let me tell you how this works. We, we, will, we will begin to go through the steps more fully in the coming weeks. We will introduce them on Thursdays, in Thursday's class. So just as an aside, the class is being co-facilitated by our Reverend Chris Alexander from Celebration Center for Spiritual Living and myself. A six-week class begins on Thursdays. See our classes and events tab. But visualize, uh, visioning begins with a question. What is the highest vision for my life in this area? Or sometimes you might want to say, what's the go into meditation and prayer with the question, what is the highest vision for my life? And here's the problem. When we do that, we are almost, it would seem, connecting with the consciousness of the prophet within. Because the answers that might come in any given area, whether it's your health, relationships, transportation, or your life, might surprise you. Or you might initially not like it. But when it comes, it will begin to make sense. And you don't have to go and force and make it to happen. It's really a matter of allowing it to happen. But the visioning process itself is dependent upon another skill. And that skill is listening, or sensing, or intuiting. I'm sure all of us have had experiences where we just somehow, some way, came to know something. Maybe a gut feeling, maybe an intuition, maybe we saw enough synchronicities that it clicked. Anybody ever have that experience? You came to know something feel something, understand something that was more, um, something that came from within you, maybe in meditation, maybe in prayer. We often talk about this was an answer to prayer. It came to me in meditation to consider that sort of thing. But all of that is predicated upon our capacity to be still, or as it says in Psalm 46, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. Listen. It is a great work in our culture these days, and I think developing a meditation practice in 2023 is probably more difficult than it was in probably 1923. We have our distractions. We have our watch, which is now a computer. We have our phones that now do everything. We have our iPads. I've got a collection of electronics over there, none of which I'm using right now. <laughs> we have our computers. We have our radios. We have our televisions. There's, we're being bombarded with information from out here that we have to be very, very intentionally to ever find a place that is quiet, 
that we can listen, that we can tune out all the distractions. It's amazing to me, for myself even, how much effort I have to invest in being quiet. That didn't sound right. I talk a lot. So it's, let me just say, in finding a quiet place and then allowing myself to put aside the incessant need to think about everything, to start processing everything, to just become still. Visioning is dependent upon that process, and we'll explain more of that in the coming weeks. But once you begin, once you begin, it starts flowing, flowing from within out. Let me give you an example from my life that um, might clarify this. There have been many times I've done in classes or programs where we had to write goals. And I, my luck with this, my success level, it's not really luck, my success level of maintaining and reaching these goals was fairly low. And I had to ask myself, why does this sort of an experience not really work well for me? But then when I gave that matter some thought, I realized quite often I attained other things that were more important or more valuable and a better fit for me. And that's when I learned the difference between visualization and visioning. The things that emerged that happened are the ones that resonated with my soul. The items that were on my list that did not come to pass, more often than not, I put there because I thought I should want that. I thought I should want what everybody else had. But that wasn't my path. That was not the way for me to express the best of who I am and what I have to give to the world. You know, meditation, Reverend Sherry reminded us that we are each called to express and be light and be love and be God in expression. Well, we can't force that with our minds by comparing ourselves to others. That emerges from the depths within. And that when we commit to our practice, then what we find and what we allow allows us to feel a tremendous sense of grace and hope and connection with divinity. So that's where we're going to go in this series of talks that will last for the next six weeks. So the question I have for you, do you want to break free in 23? And are you willing to do so, conversely, by going deep within? This week, lean into the question, what is spirit's highest calling for my life? And that's where we'll begin next week. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.